Till shade is gone. Till water is gone. Into the shadow with teeth bared. Screaming defiance with the last breath. To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day. By my honor and the light. My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart. Until the last day. To, to Shiloh Ghoul itself. itself. This is a Dagger for Sightblinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts, Sarah Lucas and Adam Tricola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Dagger for Sightblinder. May you find shade this day. Sarah, how's the shade situation in Canada? Uh, It's fairly shady. How is yours, Adam? It's okay. It's, okay. it's funny. It's funny when you call me Adam here because <laughs> we just finished making a, our our other thing for the other game. Mm-hmm. You have to call me Zareth over there. So <laughs> I know I have to like switch hats. It's it's mentally challenging. <laughs> yeah, some of the some things can be mentally challenging for some people. So yeah, well, you get it easy. You just have to call me Sarah on both of them. So it's <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, though I do have to do the intro for both of them, and I have to say I have to change from my intro. It, it's a very similar intro to what my main account, it like my my YouTube account, is. Mm-hmm. So you're you fine. Know. No, you're fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> Dick handled. Oh boy. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So all right. Uh, we're. We're trying to try to wrap this one up kind of quickly today. Uh, we're mm-hmm. on a time frame ish, but yeah. the good news is we don't have any news for Wheel of Time show because we didn't look. Right, that's my bad. I forgot. Well, I could have too, but we both forgot. Yeah. Oops. So Oops. maybe there'll be extra news next week. <laughs> Hopefully, who knows? Or, or not. I know. It, I feel like like season three has been announced or something, and people are like, "Oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> that would be awful." <laughs> well, I want season three, so. No, I know. I just <laughs> mean it would be awful on the week that we're like, "Yeah, we forgot." <laughs> I know what you mean. Just being fascist is all. So, uh-huh. all right. So, spoilers on this. Mm-hmm. I guess we should plug our like go go visit our Discord server and stuff, guys. Yeah, all the links are they're all in the description. They're all there. Yeah, yeah. Watch our stuff on YouTube if you want. Instead, if you want to see the visual format, Mm -hmm. you can see us just sitting there, talking or not talking. Yeah. Cool. So spoilers. Oh yeah, you can talk about spoilers. All right. So we're going to cover in the Dragon Reborn chapters 20 to 29. So spoilers, particularly for those chapters, but basically anything in the books before that. So the first two books, anything in the Dragon Reborn leading up to these and the show, just in case you never know. Um, So just all the spoilers. All the spoilers. Yep. All right. Shall we? Yeah. So this is one of my favorite scenes. Mm-hmm. in wheel in wheel of time i would say it, like it's a top five scene certainly all right 
and so I'm I'm excited to talk about it. I realized that it was in this this chunk as I was like getting uh when I got, once the chapter started I was like oh it's in this it's in this one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I'm curious. Yeah, so we have my favorite scene coming up, and mm-hmm. or it's not my very favorite actually, but it's it's such a good microcosm. Like the the thing about this about this book is uh, Matt has Matt's just kind of been waiting on the wings. It's like we've we just we've had a sick like a, a pale imitation of what Matt actually is, and now we get to start seeing him. Uh, like making up ground in a big way like he, mm-hmm. he's got to catch up because all these other characters are well developed and he's just been developed as a whiny kind of an, an obnoxious trickster when he can actually find the energy to be a trickster but mm-hmm. we don't we don't know anything about him other than he's kind of annoying mm-hmm. well and I mean so to be fair that's actually pretty accurate because just as a person in general you're not doing any self-growth or anything like that I wouldn't expect that from him while he was sick, like while he's going through all this stuff with the dagger beforehand. Um, right. So it's kind of fitting that he has to catch up in general now. Yeah, I, I think it's reasonable. I I do regret, like I, I'm really hoping that in the show, actually, that they, they you know, like they he got rid of the dagger after a little bit, like pretty quickly, actually, relatively quickly. And I mm. hope that that's just, I hope that they're just done with the dagger now in the show like okay he was affected for a couple scenes that's fine that's accurate to the (laughs) to the you know how the books went at to the at least the feel of how the books went and now we can just move on right yeah 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 fancy yeah all right so let's dive in then okay okay so in chapter 20 visitations so this is kind of exactly where we left off before. So he's thinking he's going to leave. He, it's Matt's point of view. Um, and, and Celine's come in uh, into his room. And she's just being super cryptic. Like you said last time, he thinks she's I said I, all this, this fun stuff. Um, yeah. And he's, you know, pretty much decided that he needs to leave ASAP. He needs to get out of this, out of this, wherever he is. Um, and then Swan and Leanne come in and they are basically like, you can't leave. Like the guards know who you are. They know what you look mm-hmm. like. They know not to let you leave. Um, and they have this whole discussion with him. And then he admits that he did blow the horn of Valir. And, yeah. you know, Swan eventually explains to him that he's now the only one that's going to be able to summon the heroes because he did that. And like, as long as he's alive, he is the one that is linked yeah. to the horn. So. And, Sorry, Matt, you're stuck. Yeah, you're stuck. And I, it's, it's a really great point too, that she points, that she brings it up and is like, as long as you're alive, like this is, this is what's going to happen. So. You can't try to escape this and it's even better when you think of the last you know a few chapters where they were trying to decide whether or not they should heal him right well i i did like the the kind of celine's like they're not going to tell you anything like mm-hmm. they're just going to lie to you like you you should just listen to me like you should just go with me and he or you know like work with me instead because you can't trust them and then swan like kind of defeats her with with honesty in a lot of ways right like 
not not that she was super forthcoming about mm-hmm. it but matt kind of like mentally tips his hat to swan a little bit he's like well she did she wasn't as quite as bad as i thought she was gonna be like she's still bad obviously i don't want to be used by him like mm-hmm. but i liked i liked that swan like in, in a lot of ways uh, you know all of all of this madness and this the, the, like you'll we'll get into we'll get into all of this crazy ice to die you know like that all of their various plotting and things that you know they're 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 all they're half truths and the morass mm-hmm. of that that madness and we'll explore it and that's fine there's nothing wrong with it uh but it's always refreshing when like Robert Jordan weaves in every once in a while, someone just tells the truth mm-hmm. and it just destroys everything. Like it, like in a good way, like it just dominates everything because people aren't prepared for it. It's just like such a powerful tool that's kind of neglected in favor of manipulation. Right. But, and it also to me just speaks really highly of Swan's like capability of knowing to read a situation and read a room and the way to win matt over like you can't trick a trickster so why would you try to you know like and it's just going to cause more harm than good in the end right because if she had tried to trick him and manipulate him and he caught her now everything moving forward is tainted right it's like well should she just have him murdered now because He's not going to do anything. He's not going to trust her a, a single hair. Right, exactly. Whereas if she gives him this honesty now and he recognizes that, if she does need to in the future, you know, misguide him a little bit, he isn't immediately going to assume that she is, theoretically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, it's fun. I like, I like that exchange a lot, actually. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're going to use you, boy, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, what what did you expect? (laughs) Kind of. It's great. Okay. Um. So the next chapter is a world of dreams. So now we're going back to Egwene's point of view, and uh, so this is when she's Egwene's, you know, left, and she's going basically to go visit Baron in her study to go get those anything that all the information that she's got for her to for her on on what Swan and the Merlin seat wants her to do. Um, so Varen gives her all this info that she's got on Leandra and the Black Aja, the Char Angriel that were stolen. Um, just... Her room is so messy that mm-hmm. it has mice in it and she keeps an owl to mm-hmm. kill the mice. I love, mm-hmm. I love that, except doesn't, doesn't the owl poop everywhere? It just adds to the mess. Yeah. Which or would, maybe. I mean, like add to the, mice making nests in your mm-hmm. room yeah it's just a good good time it's a it's a really gross endless loop yep yep fantastic mm-hmm. um but, but she it's, char- does. it's charming in a way because she's so everything's just so dusty like she's got a trollic skull in there it's, mm-hmm. it's just this, this very characterful mess it it's almost kind of fitting too because i picture her as a scatter not scatterbrain that's probably the wrong term but just trying to get through all of this knowledge and all of this information and organize it and you know compartmentalize it mentally but then also have you know physical things that she's got to to organize as well so just 
it, mm-hmm. it feels like it makes sense that her room would be in disarray. Yeah, well, this is also a trope in fantasy, actually, of, mm-hmm. of like uh, a scholarly, messy wizard. Yeah. You know, like you have like Merlin, who's got his crazy strewn, you know, mm-hmm. stacks of books everywhere. And uh, you have the the Michael J. Sullivan series. You probably, I don't know if you've read it. It's a slightly obscure. He's, I guess he's getting bigger and bigger. Uh, his name is. But, you know, like <clears throat> there's there's a wizard in that that has a bunch of in the Royce and Hadrian series that, you know, you walk in and there's just books everywhere. It's a huge mess. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like there's there's a ton of a ton of different tropes of, you know, wizards are also scholars and therefore they're messy. Right, exactly. So we get to, and the, the Amaralyn, it used to be a fishmonger. So she's not gonna be the one to be messy. So I guess Varen's the next best thing. <laughs> Varen's the messy one. Um, but she does, in all of this mess, she does have a twisted stone ring that she gives to Egwene mm-hmm. um, and explains that, you know, it is a it is a Tarangriol and it was worn by the last dreamer, the last known dreamer in the tower. And since Egwene may be a dreamer, it seems fitting that, you know, she gets this. Um and she just warns her like of the danger of, of going into the world of dreams and and that and then Egwene goes on her way and then we get a little bit of a barren point of view at the end of this chapter where you know she is kind of gathering all of her notes in this messy area and she's got notes from Corianne mm-hmm. who was the last known dreamer and she's she's decided not to give these notes to Egwene which I found interesting she's withholding this information because for whatever reason, she's decided Egwene should not have it yet. Yeah. Yeah, I... Varen's such an interesting character to me, especially she's having so read the series. Having read the series already. But she, she makes a lot of uh, really interesting choices. And she says she's always going to... She's going to be popping up in different unexpected places mm-hmm. uh, here and there in the series as well. And... Uh, like this withholding of information is is just very interesting. Like she's she's like, man, should I just burn this? I don't know. Like she's actually thinking about getting rid of all these studies, mm-hmm. but then she's she's like, well, we can't, I can't destroy knowledge. But at the same time, she's not actually like, if you if you decide not to destroy the knowledge, but then you don't actually let anyone access it, like isn't it the same thing? Right. Like it's just kind of it's kind of just her justification of the situation i guess yeah i could see it like i don't know i guess if she had destroyed it then there's it, it's permanently done whereas if she's just holding on to it she can eventually hand it over eventually yeah. so yeah doesn't yeah. matter all right so <laughs> in the next chapter in the price of the ring chapter 22 mcguane leaves fair study obviously she's got these these notes that she's given her she's got this ring um and she ends up meeting Sheriam in the hallway and she's like oh you're gonna go and you're we're gonna go get you tested downstairs and takes her right to it um which she Egwene is now worried about because she has all of this stuff all of these notes and this ring and she essentially has to leave them behind when she goes in to do her testing um and leave them behind in a room with other Aes Sedai there 
that could potentially like look through her things and see these. Um, and because she has now started the, the test, she can't back out. So, I mean, she could, but she's, it's not, it's not wise. So she, anyway, she ends up deciding to do it and she goes through these arches and, you know, the first one is going to show you your, your fear of, of the past and then the present and the future. Um, so she goes through them and she sees, uh, you know, and this first arch shows her, her life. If she was married to Rand and she's got a daughter and, um, you know, eventually she, it's the same idea where the way come the way back comes, but once, you know, the arch appears and she has to leave and be uh, steadfast. Yeah. So she, she ends up leaving. Um, and then in the second one, we've got the palace of Andor's in ruins and Rand is pinned under the rubble. Um, and he just, he just can't like get free. And he's asking her to kill him because otherwise he would channel and end up going mad in order to free himself. So he would rather her kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the arch appears. And then the third one, she is the Omerlin seat in it, which is interesting. And her keeper in this is from the green Aja, which means that Gwaine would have been green Aja. Um, and in, in this one, she's being shown Rand again, and they want her to gentle Rand. And she's refusing to do it once the arch ends up showing up again. Um, I think it's in the third one where she tries to channel if I remember correctly because there's like a um battle of sorts that kind of ends up happening yeah she tries to channel mm-hmm. which sure she, which she should not do right apparently yeah yeah um I, I'll be honest I I the, these testing yeah. things uh, like these chapters are always I'm always like can we just be done I'm sick of is it like the I'm dreams sick. for you uh, a little they're they're mm-hmm. better than that really mm-hmm. but they're they're a little bit like I hate what I hate are the these things situations like she can't remember she's just fuzzy minded she's like what's going on why mm-hmm. you know I remember some things but not everything like it, it's just so distracting and so I, I it's so unconcrete, I guess. It's not concrete. It's just, it's, I, I hate the fuzziness of it. It drives me a little crazy. I think um, I just enjoy the fact that you can see a little bit more into these characters, like their, sure. their mindset through it. But yeah, I can understand why you would find them annoying. Oh, well, so there there are actually a lot of interesting things, you know, just there are a lot of hints at things that she is potentially going to face and stuff. Some of it's some of it's red herring and other stuff mm-hmm. is is like, oh, cool. Like it, some of it's like, wow, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen for a really long time. But mm-hmm. like Robert Jordan clearly has certain things planned from the very start, which mm-hmm. is cool. Like so there are cool parts to having these little glimmers of the future. It's great. It's just, I don't know. I, I just find myself distracted by this particular type of literary craft. Right. Which is fair. Totally fair. Um, okay. So since you 
find yourself distracted by it, we can just move on to the next one. I, I personally find that there's not a whole ton of info in that chapter. Well, so yeah, I guess the biggest thing for me, honestly, is isn't the isn't the you know she goes through the arches and stuff. She almost almost just dies apparently because because of the feedback because she yes. she had the she the had ring. the ring and it was close to it. No, none of them knew that she had a tell tell Terangriel right mm-hmm. there, and no, none of them realized it. So she's just. She's just uh, hanging out with with that knowledge, and I think the biggest thing to me right there was how immediately, like she's been asked to hunt the the black Aja, and she just immediately just doesn't trust anyone, and she feels so trapped. How how crappy would that be? Mm-hmm. Like imagine imagine going home and thinking your spouse might kill you, right? Which is like, terrifying. I, I like maybe pro- like. This person I've known and trusted for however long is just like this awful like murderer who's just like has this malevolent spirit and they just hide it really well. Mm-hmm. Like you can't if you can't go home and feel safe. And I know that's actually that is a situation that, like some people do live with their day to day. And I like truly I think you have my sympathy. I uh, you know you need to feel safe. That's an important you know that's like a really basic part of the the mm-hmm. hierarchy of needs like and she's she's this novice she's she's powerless in a lot of ways she's mm-hmm. she's the lowest rung on the ladder and she can't trust anyone i i think honestly part of the reason why she's able to flip so quickly is because she did follow leandrian the first time and end up going to falm and getting mm-hmm. you know captured and all this stuff like she did have all these things happen i think it would be different if she had just stayed in the tower the whole time and then was told oh there's like black audra here and you need to help me find them like it it would be completely different because she hadn't had that experience so right away she she's already thrust into it like she's not a bystander anymore she's not on the outside looking in like she's experienced already and it, it immediately makes you want to flip that switch that you're not trusting anyone. I, I honestly, you, yeah. I honestly wouldn't be shocked if if Egwene wasn't given the task to help find Black Aja. If she still would, like, I would. It would not shock me if she was in the tower, going about her day to day life and still not trusting people in general. Right. Like I would expect that from her. Yeah, I agree. It's a. Uh... It's just an interesting, uh, you know, but but she she puts her life at risk because she's like, I can't tell anyone about this ring that I have mm-hmm. that Varen gave me, and I can't, like, it's actually harming her in some, like, substantial ways, putting her at risk, mm-hmm. where, I mean, uh, there are things that if, if any of the women who are there are Black Aja, then it's wise to, for her, even if they're not, if, if she doesn't know then it's wise for her to keep silent and yet like it causes issues that mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right in, in a way it's a microcosm of, of how, <laughs> how living like a paranoid life is, yeah. like can be de- can be self-defeating in a lot of ways so anyways. it really is yeah we could move on all right 
Um, okay, so chapter 23, sealed. So the Gwen basically comes out of this and, and Swan's there and she completes the ceremony to make Egwene one of the accepted. Um, and she, Egwene, then eventually, you know, Alana's there and she has to serve up the green Anja and can tell us it's completely obviously related to her testing the last, the last arch that she did go through. Um, and then she ends up leaving and they, she goes, she goes back to Nynaeve's room. Elaine's there and they all are just in their emotions and upset about this. They've been tested and accepted and crying. Yeah. It's just a, I don't know. It felt, felt like a filler. I, I find it interesting. She's asking about the green Aja, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, you have Alana, who she's in the show as well. Remember, yeah. she's the she's the influential green uh, mm-hmm. there, and yeah, like you. So this is like our first introduction introduction to Alana, who who ends up becoming somewhat important for other reasons that we can't go into right now, of course. But <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll she's she's interesting as well. So. Anyways, like I, I love her sense of honor here. If that actually is what it is, like if you right. can actually trust it, you know. But she's like, oh my gosh, like I should have put an end to this. I owe you a debt. I'm going to, I'm gonna go. You know, I'm gonna do the dishes, and I'm gonna, you yeah, know. and try and try to to take part of that that punishment from her. Yeah which I, I thought was just really interesting. So, I mean, um, but it, it just adds another layer of suspicion to her. Yeah, that's true. Is she doing it because she's actually a good person or is she doing it to cover something up? Right. right. Who knows? Right. Well, you know. I know. I, I'm one of the people who knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this chapter, uh, Chapter 24, Scouting and Discoveries. So we're back now we're to Matt. Somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. We're back to Matt. Um, so he, he basically wakes up in his room and he's like, I got to think of how to get out of here. And he decides to go look around, look around where, where he's at and go scouting. Um, mm-hmm. He learns that there are white cloaks on either side of the river. Um, he learns that the guards definitely do know who he is and he can't leave. Um, and then he ends up finding, he runs into Elsa Grinwell. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's surprised to see her and she is kind of rude to him. She's pretty harsh. And uh, yeah, and he's like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. So, which is interesting. Um, I thought it was a little bit. I don't know. It was really off-putting to read or hear read to me uh, that she was acting that way. Well, but you have, you have further insight later. Yes. About it, that yes. interaction. It's still though very like you're kind of like oh, you know, just felt weird. Um, anyway, so he does eventually go though, and he finds Matt or Matt finds Gawain and Galad, um, and this is just your favorite part but he makes this wager that he's gonna 
fight them both at the same time. And, you know, it's two to one, two to one. So obviously the odds should be two to one. And well, uh, yeah. So they, they talk down to him. Though. Yeah. Like, like they're, they're trying to be agreeable and they, they, they're generally pretty polite, you know, they're pretty nice, but, but he's like, yeah, I've got, you know, I've got my, my quarter staff. He like makes an offhanded comment and he's, you know, and they're, they're like, oh yeah, well that, that's cute. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Like, cool. We're, we don't want trouble with you, but like, don't, let's be honest here. Like, you're not, you're no match for us. Like we're warder trained badasses. Like, right. you, you can't like stop, stop boasting, you know, kind of thing. Like, but politely, I kind of, you know. Yeah, I know. And he's but, just like, no, like, okay, get let's <laughs> let's let's make some money then, I guess, you know. I mean, he's gotta make some money. He doesn't have any. Yeah. So it, it is polite, but also it it does have like this arrogant tone to it, like how they are treating him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he you know wants to fight them and two to one odds yeah, yeah. Um, and and the the master at arms there mm-hmm. you know like the head warder is like all right well i'll cover it if they're not gonna pay for it i'll still do it like let's you know let's all watch let's all watch the boy with the stick you know right get get and, beat up and whatever or or you know maybe teach a lesson here so mm-hmm. yeah uh i just I just think it's cool. I mean, so, what did you think the first time? So I think I told you that that chapter was my favorite. You, to, you told me that it wasn't his first point of view chapter. All I knew was that it wasn't his first point of view chapter, but it would be his second. So I knew when it started that this was it. Okay. Um, and I was trying to figure out why it was your favorite i so when when you told me what's your favorite i assumed it had more to do with like the storyline and i think it's just your favorite because of the characteristics that are displayed from that yeah uh, yeah so i guess we could talk about why i like it after mm-hmm. we should actually say what all the things that happen so so yeah he, he he finally tricks i don't know tricks him but he finally like you know manipulates the situation so mm-hmm. that they're going to fight him right exactly and and uh and so then they fight and you know and, and eventually galad is like let's put an end to this farce i think is his, his line and and matt just like wallops the hell out of him mm-hmm. and uh, like one of one of the most awesome parts is like he's won and then he's like He's, he hasn't been struck he's fine but he's so weak because he's still sick from from the dagger stuff that he's like almost falling over just because of that like it's not even that they did anything to him he's just so drained from the dagger and everything and, and having to rest and heal um yeah which is really nice to have that tied in there it just makes a nice little paints the picture nicely i think yeah and then everyone's just glaring at him because like, mm-hmm. all the women think that galad is so wonderful and of course why couldn't galad win mm-hmm. and, and they're so, all concerned that he's hurt and like i know 
I know <laughs> it's funny. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know. So what, what do you, why do you think I like it? I'm like, assuming, why, go ahead. I'm assuming you like it because of the lesson taught and because of like, you know, I don't want to say the arrogance displayed, but it does feel like they were a little bit arrogant and just mm-hmm. immediately jumped to conclusions and acted like they knew the answer already and knew what the outcome would be without even, you know, mm-hmm. recognizing that maybe their opponent, I shouldn't say that he's an opponent, but in, in this case, their opponent would have mm-hmm. a skill set different from theirs or, you know, just because he doesn't look like them or have the same training as them doesn't mean that he wouldn't be as good or not better yeah yeah so i i do like i like that th- this is a lesson in humility right uh, yeah. you know humility is one of my one of my favorite topics to discuss it's not it's not something that i'm especially great at personally i i do try but uh you know humility is so important in life to be able to to be able to say like, okay, well, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't like, that doesn't make much sense to me, but at mm-hmm. the same time, uh, like I, I shouldn't just assume that my way of thinking is the best way. Right. You know, like my approach might be flawed. If I don't know about it, maybe it would be better if I just admitted it, you know? Right. And uh, I also, the other part of it that I really like is that I like the idea of being underestimated and just totally surprising everyone. Like that's, that's one of my favorite things is, mm-hmm. you know, you look, you, you get, if someone, someone assumes something about you and then you're able to just prove them wrong. It's nice. I've, I've been in that situation a lot of times in my life where people are like, wow, I had no idea you were capable of that. I'm like, well, I'm glad that, I'm glad that you, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, and that's, that's pride, of course. I'm like, well, I'm glad I proved you wrong, but, <laughs> but Thanks for like, out. yeah, but at, I don't know. I just, that, that whole inter, that whole exchange of, you know, and Matt wasn't even being arrogant about it. Like he, he pushed for it because he just wanted money. He was just being pragmatic the whole time. He's like, yeah, I think I can make some money. So let's just make it happen. Yeah. Why not? I yeah. mean, two birds, one stone. Yeah, uh, this also establishes him as a, a very capable fighter. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, y- you realize that when the when when Hammer is there and he gives Matt his his quarterstaff back after all of this, and you know, mm-hmm. there's no like admonishing or anything really that's done. It's more of a like, here you go, go on your way type thing. Take your take your coins. Yeah, well, and he, he does turn it into a lesson. He's like, who, you know, who was the greatest weapon master of all time? And, you know, they all know his name. And he's like, the only time he was ever defeated was by a farmer with a quarterstaff. Mm-hmm. Which is really, really fitting. Yeah. Full circle and, moment. Yeah, and they're like, that quarterstaff really remains relevant with for Matt for mm-hmm. like, as long as he's, around awesome yeah so anyways one one of my very favorites but Mm -hmm. we can move on are you okay with moving on i know it's your favorite 
oh, there's, and it would be maybe different if you liked it as much as I did, but you know. I did enjoy it. I just, I just, um, I think I just expected more storyline. I could see why you enjoy, I can, I understand why it's one of your favorites. Sure. Well, yeah, I think it's funny because as, as I've progressed, at, like, as I've, continued to read a lot of, of different stories and consume literature. Mm -hmm. I used to really, really love the action scenes a whole lot. Like the, those are my favorite. And now I, I usually, I'm just like, okay, yes, yes, you're fighting, you're, you know, like there are repercussions, it's fine. I wanna hear more about the, the like the implications of that fight more than, the, than like he jumped and he twisted and he, you know, did all this stuff. But uh, some of my very favorite scenes in books are still just these acts of, you know, of extreme, I don't know, these, these situations where people are unlikely to succeed and yet still do. Mm -hmm. Still some of my favorite scenes. So I don't know, it's kind of, kind of an interesting thing to me as, as I've progressed through and now I don't care as much about action scenes in books. I still, mm -hmm. some of my favorite scenes are still action scenes. So I don't know, I'll have to figure that out. I like it. We can move on. All right, okay. So next chapter, questions. Mm -hmm. So um, we're back with the girls. So Elaine is going over all these notes that, that, that Egwene's been given from Varen. Um, and Egwene is, basically trying to sort out and figure out if some dreams have meaning and other dreams don't and Nynaeve is just frustrated because that's Nynaeve um yeah <laughs> she's mm -hmm. you know she's frustrated by these notes and Elaine notes and this was I found this was really interesting she knows that there is no pattern in in the the I said that they know are black Aja there's no pattern in their birthdays what Aja they're from um what what nationality they are um there's, there's there's no pattern to be found and that because there is no pattern the pattern is that there is no pattern um which means that there are more black aja in the tower um and i just thought it was like this really interesting thing um anyway so they they learned that many of the stolen tarangrial have to do with dreaming um which were last studied and they were last studied by Corianon. Um, and yeah, so then while this is, this is happening, uh, Elsa, she ends up, I think it's Elsa that comes and gets. Yeah, Elsa Egwene. Greenwell comes. Yeah. She, yeah, so she comes and gets Egwene and is like, oh, uh, uh swan sent me or the almerlin sent me and there's there's stuff in the storeroom that you need to come and see and takes her and they ends up having this really weird interaction with elsa and this woman that's in silver and white um well yeah so so elsa mm -hmm. elsa just like runs away like she, yeah. she's like hey the almerlin says to go down here and, and look at this stuff and then mm -hmm. she runs away and Egwene chases her yeah and but but when she finally catches up, she thinks she catches up, then it's, it's, uh, it's a beautiful woman. Yeah. And silver and white. Right? Um, and then, it, it, and it's the same 
thing here where they have this weird interaction and Egwene ends up at, at, at the end of it she's gonna go back to her room and she kind of turns back to where Elsa or this this woman what were um and they're gone there's no sign of them yeah so, so. she's she's like a crazy person like looking mm-hmm. in rooms where where are they mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so do you know who the woman is i'm assuming this is celine again yeah i i think yes right but, like I, yeah. i'm safe to assume this i think i think that it's heavily implied though mm-hmm. they they do it in a way that is they make it like not 100 percent because Egwene has never seen her personally yeah yeah so she doesn't so. know to like be on her guard because you know we've already established that celine is landfair yeah, mm-hmm. because out of the girls, so correct me if I'm misremembering, but out of the girls, it's only Min that's seen her, correct? Mm, I, th- I believe so, yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I assumed it was her. Um, but we're, we're coming up on the point where I, I haven't read past, so. Okay. We're coming up where I won't know anything. Um, Anyway, yeah, Thanks. but but that's exactly it. So in the next chapter, in, in Behind a Log, like, Egwene's trying to find them. She's running through this hallway and opening the doors, and she can't find them. Um, and Nynaeve's like, don't worry about it. Like, we'll just do it later. And the three of them head down to the storerooms. Um, and there's the store is locked, so Nynaeve's, you know, trying to make herself angry so that she can channel and ends up uh, breaking it open with a, with a pry bar. Um, but there are 13 bags inside. They're all labeled. They're all tied up. And all of them have things in them relating to Tyr. Um, and so Nynaeve ends up believing that this is a bait or trap of some sort um, that was set for them. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. One, one, thing I, one thing I want to point out, which is it's, it's a little little sidetrack but mm-hmm. um so i think that there's actually i think that we should be pronouncing tear and mm-hmm. i know that everyone else pronounces it like they pronounce it as tear the show pronounces it as tear but i think we should be calling it tear i think yeah. there's textual evidence for it yeah well because because they the people who live there are called terrans oh so that makes sense and so it seems like Terror. you know and and the way it's spelled like there's no question that it should be pronounced terrans so it seems to me like it's it's spelled t-e-a-r which could be tear mm-hmm. obviously but it could also i like the idea of tear like the stone of tear like i i don't know it just i it, it evokes different imagery though it does tear and tear evoke very different imagery yeah uh, so i don't i just wanted to point it out early I don't, I don't know if robert jordan what his intent was maybe i bet that there are actually lectures that like, i mean he's gone to readings and stuff he's probably said it himself but mm-hmm. at the end of the day i don't really care what his intent is i just think that in in the you know text itself there's it's it could provide some a potentially interesting like view of things that's all okay i'm gonna keep that in mind yeah, yeah. All right. Um, okay, so the next chapter is Tel Tel Aran Riyadh. I think yep. I said that right. 
Um, I think so. So the the girls finish their chores, their punishments, and then they um, they go back to Egwene's room. And Egwene is basically she's going to try to go into this world of dreams, and she puts the ring around like a leather strap through it, and wears it kind of like a necklace, and it's essentially touching her um, when she goes to sleep. So she's she's there, and Rand and Perrin are there. Um, you know, Rand's accusing her of being shadow spawn. Uh, and, you know, kind of is trying to attack her. So she ends up panicking and channels to leave uh, so that she can get away from Rand as quickly as possible. Um, where Sylvie is there all of a sudden and, you know, says she's that Egwene's got it all figured out. And, and she notices that, that, this sword calendar is kind of levitating or, you know, behind Sylvie in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's panicking that she can't, she doesn't know how to wake up. And when, so I think Sylvie grabs the ring, but it ends up jolting Egwene awake. And she, she actually says like that hurts, like, which I thought was interesting. Cause is it the, I was wondering if it was the ring being touched by somebody in the world of dreams that made her hurt and that she was wearing it. Um, but yeah, she ends up waking up and uh, she tells she tells the girls everything and they decide that in tear is where the trap is set and that's where Calendor would be. Um, and that they need to tell Amarlin that that's where they need to go. And Elaine wants to send a letter to her mom to and they you know Nynaeve just remembers like Matt's here Matt would be the perfect messenger for this letter yeah which sets up a really fun scene mm-hmm. yeah um yeah so can I know like is it is it this ring that is giving her is this or you don't want me to know who you tell, tell me ask this the full question like when when Egwene was in this world of dreams she was freaking out she can't she couldn't wake up she didn't she didn't know how to wake up how to get out of the world mm-hmm. and then Sylvie kind of grabbed and touched the ring yeah so I'm assuming um, I'm assuming you would use she like just because she went to into the world with the ring you would use the ring to get out so it's I guess it's probably a little unclear. Uh, like, the world of dreams is, uh, you know, obviously it's a place you could visit. It's a, you know, it's a, it's kind of insubstantial, but at the same time, it, it's a real place. And so, hmm. like, Sylvie is kind of a, is kind of just a weird presence here that I, I can't remember if she shows up more often. Like, if mm-hmm. she's a bigger part of, of you know, like even this book, I don't remember. I didn't get through the end of this book either before we kind of restarted reading this. And so uh, I don't remember, but right now, the only the only way most people can access Teleran Riyadh is through mm-hmm. some kind of Teleran Riyadh like this. Right. And so Sylvie almost certainly did like use a way, like she could, she probably severed the connection between them, between the ring and Egwene, mm-hmm. which would then cast Egwene out uh there's you know it's like Hopper at some point maybe it's a little later in this book or maybe Mm -hmm. it's in a different one but like Hopper is able to push Perrin out of the same place right which because 
it, like this is also called the wolf dream in parents like that and that's if that hasn't come up yet it will come up very very soon and I, I don't think that's a spoiler but yeah this this world of dreams it like some people can get there naturally like parent doesn't need anything to help him get there because he's got his wolf stuff um right but yeah the, the ring is yes sorry for the extended explanation but no no no, no you're good that's what i figured it was but yeah um cool so yeah like you said this sets up a nice fun scene so uh in the next chapter a way out the girls they're like we're gonna go visit matt and get him to deliver this letter um and you know he's kind of going not not going along with it but he's like well why would i do this like what's in it for me and Elaine's kind of like well I'm the daughter heir and so like and he's like yeah that doesn't matter and it's it's amusing as well because Egwene even acknowledges like he's not going to do it for that reason like you need to actually he needs something out of it for him to make it worthwhile for him to do it which is great um and it's just such trickstery behavior oh man I loved it like the way he the way he he like approached his discussion with them the whole time of you know he adjusted the way he was going to talk to them and he's like oh man okay this isn't really working I got to do something else and and he wouldn't be he was he just wasn't letting them push him around and bully him all the time right um yeah it was just it was it was fun and you see the side of him and then you know he does eventually admit that he can't leave the city so like there's really nothing for him to do to, to deliver this because the guards won't let him pass it. Um, so they make the decision that he should have one of these letters that the Almerlin gave them uh, that, you know, lets them basically do as they please on her orders so that he will be able to leave the city. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they have a nice little reunion and he, ends up asking for a little bit of money but they don't have any so he's you know gonna have to make his way without any money figuring out where he's gonna make money and and get there on his own yeah i liked that he i did just like that he was able to like at the end of the day they all care about each other and they like it was a nice little nostalgia moment for all of them too it was yeah they have like, like this reunion and reminiscing and mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's kind of nice because uh, and at the same time i just like that he called them out on their shenanigans too because Nynaeve's such a bully so much yeah. so often and she's like oh my gosh matt blah blah, blah and he's just like <laughs> i'm just not gonna stand for it <laughs> you know they Absolutely. cut it out Nynaeve. like what, what do i get what do i get out of it like he's yeah so and at the end of the day i can't blame him really i thought i thought he came out ahead in the uh, i mean i'm I'm matt biased so you know (laughs) i just want i want him to come out ahead but that's true you are oh yeah yeah you'll see you'll see (laughs) fair okay so the last chapter that we are going to talk about unless you have anything else you want to add so he, he's got his letter from the animal. He's got his letter. He's ready. He, he can do as he pleases. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So a trap to spring. Um, 
the girls, they're in the kitchen now. They're doing their chores. And the Armorlin goes down there and she, this is just so brilliant. She accuses Elaine of saying something that she shouldn't have said um, so that Elaine will basically be removed from the kitchens. Um, because Elaine's still not technically part of right, uh, like the search. Right. It is Egwene and Nynaeve. And Mm-hmm. It, it's perfect because like it's the Armelin is wanting to talk to Nynaeve and Egwene because they are part of it and she needs Elaine out of the room but then Egwene tries to defend uh Elaine and ends up getting caught up in this thing and she ends up getting you know escorted out of the kitchens for kind of you know talking back basically um so this plan was you know smart from the Omerlancy and then the Omerlancy ends up only meeting with Nynaeve and having this discussion with her instead um which mm-hmm. was humorous um so but she does you know let her know that there was another gray man found he's found in Shiriam's bed he was already dead um and that's when we learned that she never sent Elsa to the girls to go look at the storeroom um and find anything out about it and that Elsa was sent home 10 days ago mm-hmm. which is interesting so which also like concerns Nynaeve because now Nynaeve is realizing that people can you know manipulate their appearance to look like somebody else mm-hmm. uh, yeah which is very I I obviously can't blame her for being concerned about this because you never know who you're talking to then either. You don't know who you can trust and you don't know who if you're talking to the actual person or not. Right. At that point. Um, but she does make the decision in this conversation. She's not going to mention that Egwene went into the world of dreams. She's going to keep that to herself. So everyone is kind of working together, but also keeping things to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she does learn, she ends up asking about Kalendor from and learns from Mom and see that it is a sign real um so we get a little bit more of information and then you know they, oh, they what, what's the song grail what did i just calendar oh, oh yeah 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 yeah. sorry yeah. no i you're right i'm just being dumb continue um yeah but then they you know they decide that they are going to leave i think it's within the next day or they're basically going to leave immediately and get out of the mm-hmm. get out of yep. the city and yeah that that's it that's the chapter so there, we, we've stayed in the White Tower long enough. It's time mm-hmm. to get out. Time to go. Get out of here. And yeah, see if anyone creepy follows you, I guess. Mm. I just cringe so hard. Like, it's like if you or I were just randomly recruited by some, you know, like in a movie, some spy mm-hmm. movie, and they, they're like, hey, you're literally our only chance to catch a serial killer. Right. Like you're entirely inexperienced. Like maybe, you know, (laughs) like a couple small, like incidental things that might help you a tiny bit, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, like, like there are people who are professionals at at all this stuff that you're doing and, and you're trying, you're trying to get one up on these guys good luck and we can't really support you that much like and if they catch you you're probably screwed and also like not only that we need you to catch them but 
there are probably others around you and we don't know who they are. Right. Well, yeah, there, there are two, maybe three of you, mm-hmm. and there are at least 13 that we know of. And we've already, and then, and then, you know, like you and I do the logic. We're like, oh, actually, there's almost certainly like a ton of them also just surrounding us. Yeah. And they and- can change their appearance. Yep. No, no big deal. Everything's fine. Yeah. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. Except. Who knows how many people at home are dark friends? Think I'm gonna go be a hermit and live by myself. Go ahead. I'd see how you do. Not well. I think I'd do pretty well, actually. <laughs> uh, if I didn't have my boys, I need my boys. So <laughs> anyways. <laughs> uh, okay, so who would you think is the Mac in this section? Uh, I don't know. I think naive. Yeah. She's such a grump, man. I just, she, she's she a grump. grates on me. I find it funny. Can I just say that she is irritated with Varen's notes and all this and like, you know, this knowledge that's kind of mm-hmm. being shared with them. And she was the wisdom. It's just, it's just interesting to me that she would be irritated by this. I feel like she would embrace this. Embrace what exactly? Embrace like extra information. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, and she's just dismissing it as useless. She's like, no, uh, like that her line with T. Elaine, she's like, oh, do you really think you could find something that I didn't find in it? Mm-hmm. And Elaine's like, yeah, actually, here's this really important thing. And then he's like, oh, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Like, yeah. Okay. Good. I don't know. I, just, honestly, just on me, man. she is she is stubborn and it's annoying and it it is a very big hindrance to her for that exact reason. Like exactly like that example you just showed where her stubbornness and unwillingness to just kind of embrace what's going on and look at it with an open mind makes her miss things yeah i i think and it's like how how stubborn can you afford to be Mm -hmm. in this crazy situation trying to catch the black aja who you you know almost nothing about it like they don't even know how to shield someone they they talk about that at some point of like we could you know you might be as strong as any sister night right now naive but like you, you can't even channel when you're not angry and you don't even know how to, like, if you had to fight a sister who was weaker than you, you'd still lose because you don't know crap. Right. Like, and I need like, oh, oh, whatever, I'm better <laughs> for, for some reason. I'm, I know better. Right. Exactly. All right. But I'm going to put Nynaeve down because I don't think anyone else would really be classified as annoying in these chapters. Everyone seems to be helpful we're learning some things yeah forward like you don't like elida but she's not really in that many chapters she's not like a main yeah and matt is obviously too awesome to count as the mac here (laughs) okay so then who would you say is the most sus okay so this is something that you are going to have to be the one to answer most of the time frankly because you know all the outcomes so you can't say who's sus 
Right. Like there, there are people here in this, in this range of chapters mm -hmm. that I can 100% say are extremely sus, but like Elsa slash so you know the lady that we don't know is Celine but feel is Celine super sus yeah real sus that's, so you wanna, that's the thing you that say... I that's the thing that I like was hyper focused on was that whole interaction yeah well yeah and then they clearly like they led they led the girls down to this place to to find evidence like obvious evidence that mm -hmm. they're in terror and mm -hmm. and yeah. okay the other thing that is sus in this in this chunk of chapters is that the, is that there was another gray man found in he was found dead in Shiram's bed and Shiram was there when the first gray man that we interacted with was so that's a little sus too mm -hmm. I, I agree seems I was wondering so if I, you were gonna. I was I wondering two? if you're gonna say that. Can I have two? two? <laughs> can I say her and the Elsa slash Celine thing? I don't know which sure. one I would feel is more sus, but they're both they're both sus. Can we can we call her Celelsa? <laughs> no, we can't because we can't say it. We're, so Elsa and Shiriam, both sus. I don't know All which right. one is more. Elsa is more obvious. And then, yeah, anyway, that's all. Elseline. Elseline. Sounds like Elseline. Like, <laughs> it does. Like, like in the Spanish. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, though, those are those are my picks. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna pick the the Aes Sedai who, who really only care about Galad and his well being over Matt being awesome. <laughs> like, what the hell? You've got this really awesome character. Like, go. that also the most annoying character for you as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Galad because he, yeah. he thought he could pick a fight. <laughs> no, I'm, oh, uh, I'm not quite. I, I'm very curious actually. I, I'll try my best to keep an open mind of. Uh, there are probably going to be some times that Matt deserves to be the Mac, but I don't know. We'll have to see. Most annoying right. character. I will see how many times I am willing to agree with that. So, especially now that you've got his his storyline starting. Oh yeah, like the previous two books for sure. But now, yeah, like, is he going to be the Mac? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Stay tuned, folks. So. Next week, we will do chapters 30 to 39. So the next 10 as well. Okay, that sounds great. Cool. Any other tidbits, fun facts, Matt loving you want to add? Yeah, uh, so looking forward to the next section because mm -hmm. uh, it has a bunch of Matt in it. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. All right, um, cool. So. Thank you everybody for listening and may you always find water and shade. Yeah. And if you don't have enough shade, Sarah is always happy to throw some your way. Yes, I am. <laughs> she's, all, she's equipped. <laughs> awesome.
Thanks. <laughs>